Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars rewatch on Nerd Herder. I am your Herd leader, John Wayne. I'm your New Year, new mom, Megan. Megan, there you go. <laughs> uh, and yeah, welcome back. It is a new year. Uh, same Clone Wars, though. Same Nerd Herder podcast. You know how this works. Every Friday, we uh, talk about a few episodes of the Clone Wars up until uh, the release of season seven, which. At this point, we're still not sure uh, what that'll look like. Uh, we're we're coming up to end our Clone Wars rewatch in August, which who knows if we'll have season seven by then. But that's future nerd herder problems. Right now, though, we're just gonna enjoy uh, enjoy the show, enjoy the flow, uh, and all that good stuff. Um, we've got uh, a pretty good batch of episodes today we uh, you know all the episodes are great uh in our opinion yeah. but um yeah the these are a few good ones i think we'll have a few good conversations they're uh pretty to look at and whatnot and so this one's hard to pronounce <laughs> well the planet uh you'll get used to it mm -hmm. um yeah and and it's only building up from here uh after we uh leave this arc of episodes then we go on to mandalore and then boba fett and then it's just madness. Chaos. It's just w wonderful, wonderful Clone Wars madness. So, uh, yeah, sorry that it's coming a little late. I was not feeling well uh, Friday when we were set to record this. You had the plague. Um, I'm feeling much better now, which is why we're recording this now. Uh, and um, starting this weekend, we're work reworking our recording schedule to better accommodate for the this usually what we do is you know for our Wednesday show we record it on Tuesday for our Friday show we record it on Thursday night or Friday morning um usually that's just for ease uh for us but uh at the same time it's also proven difficult with work life and all this other uh things going on so yeah. um we're going to start recording uh all of our episodes the Sunday before they show up. That said, it won't affect Clone Wars any, uh, mm -hmm. because the Clone Wars, it's not relative to current events, yeah. uh, usually. Clone Wars is eternal. Yes. Uh, the main show, though, it'll mean that we might miss some hot news, some fresh news, because we'll be recording it three days early. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know we'll talk about it on Twitter and Facebook, and that's all the more reason you should follow us there. And if it's big enough, we'll cover it the next week, you know. But uh, uh, we, we're never the first to get any news anyway, so uh, you don't listen to the news for learning things. You listen to the news to get our perspective on the new things. So, uh, But that said, hopefully in the future, uh, won't have as many issues with having to post episodes late or all that nonsense. So, already, you know, trying to find a treatment for the plague is already so difficult. You know, you gotta <laughs> find the chicken, you gotta tie it around your waist, and then wait for it to die, yeah. and then you're cured. It's all kinds of madness. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're only, uh, what, I think, six months old now of a podcast. Wow, we are barely holding our head up. Yeah, so, uh, we're still learning how... Uh, to best deliver uh, all of the Star Wars podcast content to you and uh, the way to do it. You know, we're, we're almost every week or every other week at best, we're 
tweaking something, changing something, and, you know, we're just learning. So, uh, you can always let us know what works for you. That's how we made a lot of the major changes that we've made to our podcast is from feedback. Um, and so, you can always let us know if you have any ideas for how we can do things better, because it is our show, and to an extent we can do what we want, but we do want to foster this community of nerds and geeks who love Star Wars, and we want it to be enjoyable for you. And if we can do what we want and do it in a way that's enjoyable for you, that's honestly the goal. So if we can do it better, always feel free to let us know. I mean, uh, it, we never mind it. We always appreciate the help because we make the podcast. You guys actually uh, listen to it. Um, you take in the entire thing, and so you're the ones that can let us know uh, what it sounds like on that end. So, But anyway... Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll be getting into uh, a few episodes here. We're still early in season two. Uh, we've got episode nine, ten, and eleven to talk about. So exciting stuff! You ready? Mm. You ready to talk some Clone Wars? I'm all ready. I'm always ready to talk some Clone Wars, John. Good, cool beans. So we start off with season two, episode nine. This is Grievous Intrigue. I've always thought it was a cool name, but I never quite thought it matched necessarily the episode. Just me. It sounds like a, it sounds like a cool name, but I don't know. It's one of those where it's like it's a cool name, a cool episode, but they don't quite relate. They're not cool because of each other. Yeah, I get you. I don't know. My brain's weird. We've we've discussed this before, but uh, the moral for this episode is: for everything you gain, you lose something else. Good which moral. is which is good, and if you choose not to lose something to gain something you'll have a difficulty keeping that thing you gain yes um that's just that's life in general you know um the lesson here is to always use a transmutation circle and get your measurements right or else you're going to be making a homunculus of your mom and she's going to turn into lust uh (laughs) well i mean i see where you're going (laughs) this isn't the the uh rule of equal exchange though yeah uh but it was a good uh, it's a it's a good reference <laughs> uh if you haven't read full metal alchemist manga Which you should you should it's pretty cool it's excellent um or just watch brotherhood i like yeah. i prefer that over the original series the original's pretty fun though <laughs> the opening narration for this episode is diabolical defeat Though Republic victories outnumber their losses, the Jedi have been unable to stop Separatist advances in the Outer Rim. The ever-elusive General Grievous stays one step ahead of his opponents. With thousands of droid armies at his command, the the Jedi can never predict where Grievous will strike next until now. Until now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and off the bat say there's no explanation for why... Grievous does anything in this episode. Nope. Uh, really it, doesn't. It, there was not a lot of context for why we find him uh, doing what he do in this yeah. episode. Yeah. But learn, yeah. what he do is cool. I'll, you know. We learn in this episode that Grievous is a very bad road trip buddy. Oh. Well, Never. no, that's the next episode. Oh, right, right. But I'll yeah, I mean, just in general, yeah. I, I, I imagine he's unpleasant company in general. <laughs> Grievous. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> Grievous Company. <laughs> um, John, you know what? 
We haven't done a Clone Wars episode since last year. That is a true statement. Pause for applause and laughter. <laughs> I if I think... had my sound box with me, I would play it right now, but I don't know where it is. I think I've hidden it from you. That's likely. Anyway, um, it has been a little while, but it's nice to be back. And we got a few good episodes to talk about. We start off with a Grievous-focused episode, which, yay! We mm-hmm. love it. It opens with the droid general boarding Jedi Master Eeth Koth's cruiser. I wanted to make sure that I got that correct, because yes. <laughs> I didn't... I made a joke earlier that was Eeth Koth! <laughs> yeah, that's too much phlegm. Too much phlegm. Um, and of course, the clones are pretty easy to cut through. And eventually, Grievous and several other com- and several commando droids make it to the bridge. These are this is you see a lot of commando droids in these couple episodes. Yeah, um, it shows they're kept pretty close to uh, the le- you know they're not just used for whatever they're not the same as battle droids thrown yeah. into any combat you know they're saved for specific purposes and whatnot. I mean, Grievous uses them to good effect in this. Oh yeah. I just have to imagine they were just too much to, uh, too expensive to have too much of. Yeah. I guess. I mean, we really see how effective they are, especially in these couple of, couple of episodes. I think it's the most effective we've seen them in Clone Wars so far. Uh, yeah. Since I mean, since rookies, uh, yeah. I think what rookies messed up was it introduced them as being very cool and. Um, uh, more powerful, smarter, and everything, but then, when the plot didn't need them to be that anymore, the clones were able to pretty much take them down. Yeah. Here, here they're a good supplement to, to Grievous and, and his combat yeah. and, and such. I think, in some cases, they would really benefit from what I call the Dragon Ball formula, um, which is, you know, you cannot beat this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you get a training montage, and after a lot of hard work, you can beat the thing. <laughs> and sometimes you just gotta turn the thing into a cyborg and just leave it screaming on a planet <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Don't bye bye. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Good co- quality commentary. Thank you. So, uh, Master Koth and a clone are able to handle things for a while at first, but Grievous never plays by the rules. He's a pirate. Uh, when his Magna Guards get involved, Koth can't escape capture. Uh, after his victory, Grievous contacts the Jedi on Coruscant to gloat, because he's that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to regret his pride, though, because during the transmission, the captured Koth uses hand signals to communicate their location. Mm-hmm. Which was very cool! Yeah, it's, it's very clever. Mm-hmm. Other than torture, there's not much reason to keep Koth alive, but lucky for him, uh... That You think too much. I do think too much. Uh, lucky for him that he is because Obi-Wan, Anakin, and a new face, Adi Gal- Galia, Galia. Galia, set out to resume him. Rescue him. Yeah. You don't have to read it the way it is if you know what it is. <laughs> you know that, right? I know, but it, it's funny. Yeah, but it's funny because it annoys me. Sorry. Uh, rescue him. They rescue him. Maybe. We don't know. We haven't gotten that far in the episode yet. Could be. <laughs> Give me some <laughs> Gotta have stuff. some ambiguity. It's only been out for eight years. So. <laughs> um, it is nice to be uh, see a little bit more of 
Grievous. Uh, he gets some pretty good action in these episodes, but uh, they still press hard and firm on the idea that he is a coward and is kind of dishonorable. He's just not that evil bad guy that uh, we kind of came to assume that he was. Um, you almost have to imagine he might not have even beat Koth if he didn't have help. But uh, either way, it's always nice when we get a little bit of extra Grievous. Uh, and alongside that, we also get some new Jedi faces. And well, they, yeah. they aren't new, new. We've seen them before, but they're new to Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. um, which is one thing I love. You know, we've talked about before. I love when Clone Wars introduces existing Jedi that we've heard of and gives them something. You know, even just this little bit of seeing Eve Koth uh, fight off Grievous is really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. What? And I think I've told you I I get a little bit giddy every time I see a Zabrak on screen. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I just really love that race. Yeah, they're a really cool species. Um, they're very interesting, for sure. Uh, to, we you know in Legends we get quite a few more. Mm -hmm. um, than we do in canon. There's actually one that exists uh, l m much, much, much later uh, who fights alongside uh, Kakruk and Cade Skywalker in the Star Wars Legacy comics. So, Michael Morrissey! Pretty cool. What? We called you out before! <laughs> I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, who knows? We'll see. It depends on what Star Wars... I mean, they, they've brought secondary characters back for no reason before, so who knows. One can always yep. hope. Um, but anyway, yeah, we've, we've seen Eve Koth previously in Attack of the Clones on the Jedi Council. Uh, Koth is interesting because he is replaced by Ajin Kolar in Revenge of the Sith, who is very nearly identical to him. Um, That's racist. Well, I mean, same, you know, same uh, hairstyle, uh, horn pattern, same skin complexion and everything. Mm -hmm. um, the fa facial, like, Ajin Kolar is a little bit uh, thinner and leaner than uh, Eve Koth is, but for the most part, they're very similar. Um, and he was only replaced because the original actor couldn't return, uh, and apparently George thought that wasn't a good enough reason to create a whole new character because of that. Um <laughs> The major difference between Kolar and Koth is that Koth has a green lightsaber that we see here, and Kolar has a blue lightsaber. Kolar is really only notable for being one of the Jedi to accompany Windu to arrest Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith mm -hmm. and die very quickly in the process. Hmm. Um, but the duplicate character syndrome doesn't stop there. Adi Galia, who also features in this episode, suffered from this. Exactly like Koth, Galia was, uh, appeared in Attack of the Clones on the Council, but was replaced in Revenge of the Sith by her in-universe cousin Stas Ali. Um, for both Jedi, though, we have a bit of in-universe reason for the change. Obviously, we understand that they couldn't get the actor and actress back, so they basically just said, well, you look like them, but not quite enough, so we're going to make you a new character. In-universe, though, uh, we know because of the Clone Wars, Adi Galia does not make it through the Clone Wars. She dies during the Clone Wars, and Eve Koth... Uh, some point for some reason uh, leaves the Jedi Order uh, but is then hunted down by Vader years later huh. so it you know it's those interesting things that we get from these background characters um, it's nice when 
writers and creators decide to say, hey, do we ever figure out what happened to that person? No? Okay, I'm going to tell that story. Um, I do love it when that happens. It's nice because, you know, it. I, I find myself quite often asking, what happened to this person? Where did they go? How did that... You know, there's just certain characters that I feel are justified to give that storytelling to. Mm-hmm. You know, council members especially, it's it's satisfying to know specifically where those Jedi went. Obviously, we know all of them pretty much died, mm-hmm. but it, it's nice to get that story filled in. You know, were they hunted by Inquisitors? Did Darth Vader kill them? Were they killed by clones? You know, uh, it... It doesn't seem like a big deal, but, you know, it's it's something I always find myself wanting to know more of. Because mm-hmm. there's so many Jedi we don't know. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Jedi duplicates aside, we return to the action as Obi-Wan sets up to distract Grievous while Anakin and Ga- Galia uh, board and attempt to rescue Koth. He, do- he dons a little green skirt and does the hula. Pooh. Kenobi. Oh. That's how he distracts Grievous. Uh, not quite. He does the Betty boop, uh, boop, boop, be doop, and just sort of does a little dance. Not quite. Close, but... Someone animate that, please. <laughs> um, Grievous attempts to pull the same boarding trick on Obi-Wan, but for our favorite sassy Jedi, he is too prepared. Meanwhile, Anakin and Galia have to deal with a slew of commando droids to rescue Koth from Grievous's tactical droid. Does he have a name? Uh, he yeah, he has a serial number, but I don't, I don't recall it. Um, cool. I only know that he's voiced by Matt Latner, who also plays Anakin, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's nice. They kind of all just take turns playing those uh, background secondary characters that just need a voice. Yeah. Um, both sides have some really nice action and choreography, both fights, but it ends probably as you would expect. Koth is rescued, but Grievous escapes as per usual. Despite Obi-Wan's best effort, Grievous' ship is damaged, so he orders his troops on board the landing craft to launch to the planet Seleucami. Got it right that yep. time. Good job. Um, that ship also gets damaged and crash lands, so Obi-Wan quickly begins getting his troops ready to pursue. Mm-hmm. We get a really nice bit of physical comedy in uh, the fight with the tactical droid. Oh. Where Anakin severs his arm with yeah. the control on it. Yeah, because uh, the droid has a wrist module that would, you know, they've been torturing Koth, and, you know, he kind of says, like, I just have to shock him one more time, and he's dead. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, Anakin yeah. cuts his arm off. And then he picks it up with his other arm and realizes that he cannot press the button <laughs> because right. he does not have a free he hand. He's holding his other arm. Yeah, and this is after he's crawling on the ground trying to uh, get his arm yes. while Anakin and Galia are fighting commando droids. So it's, it's so it's, funny. It's very funny. It's It, it works for, really, for what they're doing. I really enjoyed that bit of the episode. You can probably find a clip of it on YouTube or just watch the episode. Yeah, it's on Netflix, dude. Yeah, just watch the episode. It's a really good episode. It is. Um, so what did you think of the episode overall? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good, you know, mix of the usual storytelling and action. Um, Really good fight choreography between Obi-Wan and Grievous, which that's the usual, really. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, overall, I pretty much I enjoyed it quite a bit. I always like to see uh, tactical droids. Yeah. What did you think of Grievous, uh, Grievous's style and, and whatnot with the when taking on Eve Koth and, and his approach to of having backup constantly? He's not very good. <laughs> He's kind of a wuss, really. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what we're being led to believe. You know, seeing the action that he can get into with, um, you know, if you watch the 2003 Clone Wars mm -hmm. series. Oh, they um, handle Grievous very well. Yeah, they make him scary. They make him powerful. They make him uh, fast and formidable. Um, and really, you know, uh, and the, I mean, you know, Grievous fanboys and, and, and whatnot out there, you know, I'm not trying to step on your favorite character if he is, but we don't really see that at all mm -hmm. of Grievous in canon. No. Um, I mean, Ahsoka, early in season one, is she able to... Spy. Well, she's able to hold her own. Well, yeah. A Padawan should not be able to uh, hold, even hold against Grievous. Even, no. Even, you know, because he didn't seem like he was playing with her. He seemed like he was trying to kill her. Yeah. And she's able to evade and and meet his advances and everything. Um, you know, I feel like Grievous is kind of built up to be this big, scary, bad guy. And when it comes down to it, he's not. And he knows that. And so he kind of supplements himself with those Magna Guards and all this other stuff. It's like... I wonder what he would have been like as the warlord that we know he used to be. Mm -hmm. Like, did he do that when he was, you know, fighting literal wars? Or has he always been a coward in that kind of way? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It, you know, well, first it's a fine line. Is he a coward or is he just unfair? Yeah. You know, um, I think his, you know, I think if he was a and d character, you know, all of his points go into self-preservation. Um, but that's not necessarily cowardice, you know? I mean, it's very selfish and whatnot. But I almost, I, I view it less as cowardice, just more that he's just very unfair. And I think that's why he's probably not as good as he could be. Yeah. Is because he's, ne he's not refining his skills. He's not trying to get better as himself. He's trying to win by whatever means. So he's never yeah. really improving. And I could see that being just a natural trait of his mm -hmm. um yeah you know i mean and we 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 really don't in canon know much about i would hope that in the age of the republic i believe grievous is getting a comic Yay. if he is uh it'd be nice uh don't quote me on that like i said i think um but if he is it would be nice if it would explore some of his past and whatnot i mean yeah. you know here when Ethcoth challenges him, you know, he's, he, you know, he calls him a murderer. He says, it's not really murder. I'm just kind of being pest control with mm. the Jedi. And later on, you know, when Obi-Wan challenges him and says, you know, what do you have to gain? He's like, a, a galaxy free of Jedi. You know, it, he has a past there. He has a bone to pick with the Jedi for some reason, and we just don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we know we're led to believe in legends, or he's led to believe, that the Jedi had a hand in him becoming a cyborg. Uh, you know, but all, all of that's very different. He chose to cybernetically enhance himself. So, yeah. you know, 
if he was the greatest, why would he need to... I don't, I don't, you know, it's a, it's a lot of things we have question marks on that we can... Que you know, I, I, I always complain and, you know, I try not to because I don't... I, I enjoy the Clone Wars. I, I enjoy the storytelling mm -hmm. of almost all the characters. But with Grievous, I'm always left disappointed just because, you know, the first thing I saw of Grievous was the 2003 series. You know, yeah. that was that was the teaser for what we were going to see in Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. You know, this was the thing that ended, and it was like, I have to see Episode 3 now. I yeah. have to, you know, um, even going from that to Episode 3, he's still not quite as satisfying. Mm -mm. And, you know, it could be blamed on, well, the animators and show creators didn't have a good understanding of Grievous. And... They looked at him, saw he was cool, and they made him cool. Yeah. But he wasn't meant to be that cool. Yeah, but still disappointing to go from that to yeah. basically anything else. He's kind of like Phasma in a way. Yeah, he kind of is, you know. Um, very built up, very, you know, you expect so much and get so little. Um, mm -hmm. And then, I mean, the, the big difference is, at least with Phasma, we don't get as much disappointing encounters. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it seems like with every time we see Grievous, he's just always running away. He's all, you know, it's just, it's yeah. a little disappointing. It makes me wonder, <clears throat> you know, like I said, how he got to that point of self-preservation over the fight. Because he seemed like, when we see his statues in the, the Lair of Grievous, he seemed like he was a pretty brutal guy in mm -hmm. his, uh, I was about to say human years, but he was not human. Mm -mm. In his organic years, I guess. Yeah, Kalish. Kalish. Uh, I went to school with a girl named Kalish. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the big question mark is, you know, how did we get this grievous, yeah. you know? Uh, so maybe we'll get that story one day. I, you know, all of that to say, I don't think it takes away from enjoying this episode. And I think it's still yeah. nice to see Grievous be the bad guy. You know, while he might not be slaughtering Jedi left and right, and he might be running away a lot, he's still the bad guy. And mm -hmm. they do that well. He's still uh, a good bad guy. Yeah, definitely. It's just that part of his character and being the bad guy is a lot of self-preservation and a lot of yeah. uh, dishonorable combat and everything. I mean, because you even see when Obi-Wan goes to fight him in Episode 3... He has his Magna Guards. If, if Obi-Wan hadn't taken out his Magna Guards, it might have been a very different fight. Yeah. So. That's another thing. How cool are the Magna Guards? They are very cool. I do like their design. They're super cool. Mm-hmm. Alright. Yeah. So, <laughs> good episode. Uh, it ends on a cliffhanger, but you don't have to wait till <clears throat> next week to find out what happens, because we're about to tell you. Yeah. We're going to have a brief introduction, or not introduction, interruption. Uh, well, I guess we'll have an introduction to the interruption. Uh... But the banking clan. Banking clan incoming. Alright, so as always, we have a few deals for you from Amazon. We always appreciate your patience. And at the end of the day, we just hope that maybe something will tickle your ears and uh, m encourage you to go over to uh, the world's best internet shop and just get you some goodies, spoil yourself. And in the process, uh, it's good to know that that in turn supports us here on the show. So uh, it's it's all around good stuff for everybody. Us, Amazon, you, everybody wins. Um, 
some of the links that you'll find in the description of this episode. Uh, you can get a free trial of Amazon Prime. Um, you can get a discount on checking that out. If you're a frequent online buyer, um, uh, one thing we've found is we tended to shop on multiple platforms uh, before getting Amazon Prime, but once you have Amazon Prime and once you really uh, make the effort to find more items on Amazon, because the truth is Amazon has 90%, 95% even of everything you're probably looking for. And um, so if you kind of, condi we've, we've condensed down our online shopping to uh, Amazon almost exclusively. Uh, and having Amazon Prime really helps with that from the free shipping, the discounts, and uh, the different promotions that they have going on. So if you're an online shopper, uh, frequently or otherwise, uh, definitely encourage you to check out the trial. Um, see if it fits for you. Uh, and better yet, if you're a student, if you're currently enrolled in college or university, you can try a different form of Prime that still benefits your online shopping, but it also uh, benefits your school life shopping. Uh, and so there's a lot of other deals specifically targeted towards students from textbooks to different uh, school resources that you might use. Um, so if you are a student, it might benefit you to check out that free trial as well. Um, and so you can check out those links in the description. And then as always, we have a link down there that links you to some of Amazon's best deals in all of the different categories and so more than likely 99% sure that there's something in there for you so if you're just looking for your next um, spoil yourself gift or you're, if you're looking for gifts for someone else maybe a birthday or something um, then yeah check out that link scour through the the goodies that Amazon has or the baddies or the baddies um, those are what uh, Megan seems to love to recommend to you because so uh, she just loves you so much um, Another thing you can do is, uh, in our past episodes, if you're, you know, uh, we used to promote Audible. Uh, we used to promote a 50% off your first uh, three months. Uh, but that deal expired. But you can still get a free trial to Audible um, through a link in our description. And uh, it's a 30-day trial, so it's not quite as long to get along with it. And you still get fr one free book for that month. Um, the beauty is, whatever you get in that month trial uh, you get to keep whether or not you sign up for the subscription or not so uh, if you're wanting to expand your digital uh, audio library then audible is a great way to do that that's how we take in well that's how Megan takes in all of her Star Wars uh, books I'm not a big it's audiobook true. person uh, but that's just me um, so if you're an audiobook person check out audible if you're not an audiobook person check out the uh, link to Amazon deals where you can find the physical copies if you're just like me and you like sniffing books do you have a weird thing for us today? Of course I do, John. Of course you do. I have a weird thing and I have a useful thing. Oh, useful yeah. for once. Yeah. yeah. The weird thing is, for five seventy-two, it is eligible for Prime, John. Yay. You can get the Cat Butts Coloring Book. Cat Butts Coloring Book. You can get the Cat Butts Coloring Book. It's... Just a bunch of cat butts? It's a bunch of cat butts. It's... <laughs> how many pages is it? It's several. Several, several pages. Several ba pages of cat butts. That's it. That is a cat butt. Yep, that's a cat butt. I can I can authenticate, guys. It is a cat butt. Speaking of strong spells. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, something very useful that you can also find on Amazon is a stainless steel bar of soap. Okay, look. Here's why it's How useful. How does that work? 
say you're cooking, you're chopping an onion, uh-huh. or you're smashing garlic, uh-huh. you sniff your hands and you're like, ew, that smells like onion slash garlic. Uh-huh. You pick up your stainless steel bar of soap, you put it under the water, and you kind of wash your hands with it, the smell's gone. That's the benefit of stainless steel. <laughs> it's, it, it's somehow... So it's not soap. No, it's not real soap. It's just a it's just, bar it's just of a chunk aluminum. It's just no. a chunk of metal. Yeah. I used to have one shaped like a fish. It lost it in the move. Mm. But, yeah, it's something very useful that you can find on Amazon. Hmm. Also, for... What? Hang on. We committed to two things. What, what is I have an audible thing. Okay. Uh, something Oh, yeah, on... we haven't done a recommendation in a while. There you yeah, go. Yeah, recommendation for audible. There you go. Take it away. One of our favorite podcasts is Sawbones. Yes. Uh, it's by Dr. Sidney McElroy and Justin McElroy, who's not a doctor. Um, it's, if you like medical history, and if you like weird stuff. Or if you don't, uh. <laughs> or just comedy. Like, here, here's what I'll say, because she, you, you just started playing it for me. Yeah, I did. And I got into it. Not because you asked me, hey, do you want to learn about medical history? Because I would have said no. Yeah. If you like weird stuff and just learning about how weird people are in history, yeah, uh, like how we tried to cure certain things and what we thought certain things were caused by, I mean, how like, we used to diagnose people by tasting their urine. If you want to, in, uh, well, the, you, you used to <laughs> be able actually, to detect. It's actually, uh, still pretty viable. <laughs> you used to be able to detect uh, diabetes yeah. that way. Um, and you learn that, like, if you want to be that person at the next party or social gathering of sorts that you go to, to share ridiculous medical facts that will impress and gross out your friends. Like the fact that statistically, 90% of adults carry the, uh, well. HSV. Yeah, HSV, uh, virus. Mm-hmm. Which I carry is mine in my back pocket. Herpes. Mm-hmm. 90% of adults, statistically carry the herpes virus mm-hmm. and it's still incredibly stigmatized mm-hmm. there you go yeah so you can learn all that wacky stuff you didn't expect to get this on a star wars podcast but there you go mm-hmm. um but yeah so uh check out the uh sawbones book check out the sawbones podcast um mm-hmm. they're they're a great uh couple and uh they talk about a lot of interesting stuff so yeah yeah if you're just looking for something non-star wars that's just interesting and weird uh then there you go. If you like D&D, listen to The Adventure Zone, which is another McElroy podcast. Exactly. Just go down the rabbit hole of McElroy <laughs> Brothers uh, content and yeah. all that good stuff. But definitely, before you do that, check out the Amazon links. Yes, please. Uh, check out those Amazon goodies. Get you a coloring book of cat butts. Get you uh, the Sawbones audiobook. All that good Buy stuff. Buy the physical copy of Sawbones. On hey. Amazon. Buy the Adventure Zone graphic novel. That's On a Amazon. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get you to shop on Amazon, guys, if you can't tell. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get back to the show. We have one other uh, quick ad for you, and then we'll be back with episode two of our world part two, something to the next thing in our rewatch discussion. You look like you're going to say something. Bye, cat butts. Bye. All right, after that madness, we are on to season two, episode ten, The Deserter. <clears throat> And this is not about a uh, master baker in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, although, I want that Star Wars story. Um, <laughs> I want Cherry Pie Man. 
right? Uh, just all the Star Wars desserts. Uh, the moral for this episode is... Uh, uh, yes, I said the title. Sorry. Um, the moral is, is it is the quest for honor that makes one honorable. Hmm. Uh, Zuko will be happy. Yeah, I mean, well, it goes. It it's along the lines of it's more about the fact that you're trying to be a good person that makes you good than actually doing anything good. Although that can that's questionable. As as with any of these morals, I would say yes. Uh, pursue honor, and that makes you honorable. But in your pursuit of honor, you there's ways that you can attain being honorable. Mm-hmm. And if you want to change out a less regal word, just, you know, seeking out, seeking to be a good person does make you a good person, but there's also things that should come about from you being a good person. Yes. You know, it can't just be that you tried and that's all, yeah. you know. The um, road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly. That is the most southern thing I will say all day. <laughs> half of one, six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> I don't think anybody understood what you just said. Uh, the opening narration for this episode is Fugitive. Though the Republic has won many decisive battles against the Separatists in the Outer Rim, the Jedi have failed to capture the elusive General Grievous. After specifically targeting members of the Jedi Council, a trap was set. But following a fierce confrontation, the droid general managed to escape to the surface of the planet Seleucami. Now the chase is on as General Kenobi leads a squadron of clone troopers and clones uh, in his desperate target. Did they... Uh, oh, and sorry. Clone troopers and closes in on his desperate target. I thought it was. I thought it was weird that they were like clone troopers and clones, huh? Anyway, <laughs> I can't read today. Apparently, apparently not. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, Obi Wan, as usual, is obsessed with getting Grievous. I think he has a crush on him. <laughs> don't don't cuddle him, Obi Wan. He's all pointy. Well. You know, I will say, I understand their logic of, we need to go after Grievous because he's the head of the the droid army. If we can take him out, it'll be a lot of confusion and disarray. At the same time, I feel like a big reason they're spread so thin is because they're all just trying to find Grievous, and it's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like it's almost purposeful. Yeah. Which could lend itself again to, why does Grievous run away so much? It's part of the plan. Draw the Jedi, you know out in various directions trying to find you. If they're focused on you, they're not focused on actually winning the war. Yeah. So. Can I just say, talking about Grievous so much has made me very excited to watch Revenge of the Sith again. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Yes. It's going to be, it's going to be a good one. It, yeah. That's going to be a good uh, 10 Things We Love About episode, which you can get access to over on Patreon. You can watch our Attack of the Clones episode now over on Patreon. Yeah. Just a dollar a month. It's real long. It's not that long. It's about the average podcast length. It's about an hour and a half. I'm a detective. I'm the world's greatest detective. <laughs> All right, Angus. I sound like the little boy you were just talking to. <laughs> Nobody gets these that references. That was still so Megan. funny. I'm sorry. I'm not. Um, so, he's hot on his trail. After the general's landing ship crashes, it's pretty easy to find where someone crashes. Mm. Um, Grievous and the droids had to use escape pods to land, and his, unfortunately, has no communications. So he has to find another pod in order to call for a pickup. He has to get an Uber. Mm. Um, Meanwhile, Obi-Wan lands with Cody and Rex and several clones to begin hunting him down. Rex heads out with a few other 501st troopers, Jesse, Hardcase, and Kix, who John has told me not to forget about. Yes. Kix are 
The 501st all Troopers. All of them. Okay. All, all three of them. I like all how one's just named Jesse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got Ben, so, I mean, Jesse's not I like that, Jesse. I Jesse like the name Jesse. It's not that far out. Um, yeah, all three uh, are a big part of Rex's squad throughout uh, the rest of the Clone Wars <clears throat> in some of the bigger arcs of the show. Um, and uh, especially... Uh, with the story reels of, like, the Bad Batch arc and the uh, Crystal Crisis arc. Which you can't wait for. Right. So, and that's one of those things where, depending on what Season 7 of The Clone Wars looks like, which we'll know more about, I'm sure, in April, um, it'll determine whether or not we can watch and talk about those or not, because technically they're not officially canon because they weren't completed, although we can, you can find them and watch them. Um, so, uh, some of the stories that, uh, some of these guys pop up in later on in the story reels could be significantly changed by season seven, but I'm hoping that we still get the same stories so that, uh, we can have some interesting discussions there. Um, one that we can talk about, uh, that's not much of this Clone Wars spoiler, it's just really cool, uh, is that Kix goes on to be the longest living and last living clone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at one point uh, frozen and later awoken by the Crimson Horsehair around 50 years later. Uh, and you can read about that in the Tales from Maz's Castle book. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Kix is the one that has the tattoo on his head that says, uh, Only good droid is a dead droid, which is a reference to Starship Troopers, which I'm often quotes, um, you know, Only good bug is a dead bug kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that the one where the guy throws a knife and it gets stuck in the other guy's hand? Yep. Uh, Clancy Brown is the one who throws that knife. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Clancy Brown! He's also in Rebels. Are you failing it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> um, Are you so, failing yeah. your age? So, uh, but Jesse and Hard Kicks, they, they, they do come back later. I mean, Kicks comes back later, too. Like I said, he just at some point gets frozen. But wow. Yeah, so we, we come back to the, uh, these guys. How does he get frozen? Uh, well, again, it depends on whether or not we can talk about those episodes. I'm okay. just saying at one point he gets frozen. Okay, it's time to start binge-watching, because I'm... Well, it's in, the, it's in the story reels, and we can't watch oh. those until we know, are those going to be ter- converted into Season 7, or what? Gotcha. Well, I mean... Well, I mean, I guess since it popped up in Tales from Mouse's Castle, I guess we're led to believe those events still happened. It's... It's confusing. Again, until we know what season seven looks like there's a lot that's just con- confusing about yeah. a certain period of the clone wars yeah i still want to know what was going on at maz's during uh the last jedi when she calls in union dispute dispute union dispute no <laughs> it will every it will forever be union dispute <laughs> For the rest of your life, darn Oh, my goodness. Darnin? Darnin? Darnin. See, neither, neither of us can read or talk today. <laughs> it happens. Um, I can't wait to have my heart broken by more clones. Yay! And I almost had a heart attack watching this episode, which John can attest to. Um, I attest. <laughs> while Rex and the others are looking for Grievous, Rex is shot by a commando droid. And I literally, for about... 30 seconds, looked between John and the TV screen, like, did, did they just kill Rex? <laughs> I know they didn't, but did, what? It, it was terrifying. Um, so, 
kicks the medic, tends to him while the others take out the droids, and I forgot that Rex is in Rebels for two seconds and got really worried. Um, but it's fine. It's tis but a flesh wound, y'all. Mm-hmm. You, you, we can see the quality in the, uh, the armor there. Yeah. Uh, so Kix and the others get Rex to a nearby farm and asks for shelter for Rex while they continue their search. A very cute Twi'lek female named Sue, mm-hmm. uh, Sue Laquane, reluctantly agrees in, in a big interest peaking moment, Sue's daughter, Shaa, <laughs> how do you say it? Shaia. Shaia. Okay. It's, it's literally how it looks. Shaia. Shaia. Shaia and Jack say Rex looks just like their daddy. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Child you support. Are not the father. <laughs> Child support. Um, to build the suspense, I'll interrupt and mention the planet Salukamai for a little bit. There's not a lot to it, um, but uh, in some interesting connections, um, this is not the first time we've seen the planet. It was uh, in Revenge of the Sith briefly. During the uh, Order 66 sequence, Adigalia's uh, cousin, Stas Ali, is shot down on her speeder bike by Clone Commander Neo uh, on this planet. And so it's pretty interesting that the two main Jedi that have a kind of replacement Mm -hmm. have such association with the... You know, I wonder if they were like, hey, what Jedi do we want to use for this? Oh, let's use Eeth Koth. Uh, and then they're like, hey, Eeth Koth has a clone, you know, not fit literally, but, you yeah. know, Eeth Koth was replaced in Revenge of the Sith. So was this other Jedi. What if we had her show up to be like, hey, they, you know, both had the same situation. Yeah. You know, I, I just have to wonder if it was purely coincidental or if they purposefully were like, oh, you know what else? Adi Galia's cousin died on this planet. What if we use that planet for the one Grievous crashes on and such? I don't know. It's it's a lot to be coincidental, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what also is a coincidence? The clones choose the one farm on an entire planet owned by another clone. Yep. Yep. Big coincidence. Uh, who eventually comes to visit Rex. And Rex is understandably upset with Cut and brands him a deserter and a coward. Uh, he can make no more pies. He must come home. <laughs> um... But when Rex joins the family for dinner and he sees why Cut chooses this life over a life of war. Very adorable children. And did confirm to me, like you said earlier, Twi'leks, Twi'leks and humans can have children. Yeah. Um, I wonder if their children can have children, though. What do you mean? Usually, um, like, mules cross between a horse and a donkey can't have kids. They're sterile. Hmm. It's the same with uh, a liger. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, we don't know. You know, this is one of only two occasions that we see it. And what's interesting about it is that Hera and Kanan's child, spoiler alert, uh, Jason, is um, far more human than Twi'lek. He has uh, green-tipped ears and he has some, uh, some of Hera's kind of narrow what would be interpreted as French features. Does he have a French accent? Uh, no. Well, we, I don't know. He was like three when we saw him. Um, but he has the bright green hair, but pale human skin. I am incredibly curious. He looks like, he looks, you know, I, I joke, uh, you know, uh, 
it is here in Kanan's Kid, and it's very special, but he looks like a Keebler elf. <laughs> <laughs> That's he kinda, adorable. He kind of looks like a Keebler elf. Uh, but yeah. when you see Shia and Jack here, they are clearly Twi'lek, but they have, which I guess it was done this way to kind of keep this, keep the surprise. Mm -hmm. um, but they have yeah. patches of uh, neutral human yeah. skin. Kind of like a uh, Vigitillo. It's, it's, um, I don't know what it is, but it's a skin condition, I guess. Where, uh, it's a different pigmentation. Yeah, for... yeah, so they're, they have... Like Domino. Yes, so they have yeah. some spotty, um, skin patches where <clears throat> you see a little bit of the human, a little bit of the twilight colored skin. Uh, so it's really interesting that it seems like they're compatible, but mm -hmm. the outcome is not necessarily predictable. Yeah. I, I'm also very curious about the aging of um, the kids because he claims that he left immediately after the Battle of Geonosis when his uh, crew was shot down. Yeah. Which would only at most at most have been one year. And yeah. yet Shia has to be at least five. He might want to get some tests done. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, um, now I, my head can you know, of course the main thing is they wanted them to be able to be, you know, old enough to be able to speak and mm -hmm. engage and, you know, be competent enough. Maybe Twi'leks uh, age a little bit faster? Could be. Uh, I have to assume that's what it is because, again, at most, this is only a year. And I don't even think it's a full year. I think it's still about eight months mm -hmm. um, after the Battle of Geonosis. We don't have a pure timeline of when this takes place, but those kids are not, a, and to have two... Mm -hmm. They aren't a year old, so well, I have to wonder if, yeah, aging, maybe. maybe. Now, could he have passed on his age acceleration? <gasps> oh, that, that is a horrifying thought. You know, I, I just it, it's a lot. It's a big question mark. How did, how did he have two kids? I mean, because again, she's clearly, yeah, she's like Addie, Addie's age, and yeah. you know, engaging. Like Our she's got to be five. Yeah. Um. And I believe Jack then would be probably four, you know, Something like that. near to four. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, you know, just a thought. But anyway. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. My mind's going to be, like, spinning <laughs> on that for a while. Yeah. Maybe we can ask Dave yeah. Filoni at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> More clones, but also. How did this happen? <laughs> How did Twilight get pergenonant? <laughs> Was it a Luigi board? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, good videos. Um, so, yeah. He ha uh, Rex has dinner with Cut and his family, and the two discuss the subject quite a bit, with Rex feeling it um, is undefendably selfish of Cut at first. But... Eventually, their disagreement is interrupted when Cut's kids discovered a droid escape pod! Yay! Yay. Full of commando droids. Mm -hmm. Which, yikes. Uh, soon those droids are making their way to Cut's home, and there's an interesting sequence when the kids find, uh, well, when Shaya accidentally presses a button to activate the droids. Mm -hmm. They flip out of their hiding spots. But one is still, like, sitting down. 
I guess that one was like damaged. Yeah, well, they're all we're all le- we're led to believe they're all damaged. That's why they're so slow moving because they're commando droids, um, which I feel like they picked them for the appearance of the droids. They're much mm-hmm. more sleek and humanoid. Um, yeah, and I, you know, we're led to because be- they all flicker a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, I got a very um, Night of the Living Dead vibe. You know, you oh, got yeah. the. Uh, farmhouse, and, you know, he's kind of defending against them, and they eventually yeah. come through the floor. It's a really, it's it a really cool, cool sequence. It's very brief, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I feel like we're led to believe they're all damaged. Yeah. yeah. It was just funny to me to, like, see all these commando droids flipping and doing all this cool stuff, and one's just sitting there like, give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a minute. Yeah, he had a rough landing. I can't do a flippy-do right now. Give me, give me five seconds. Um, so... Soon, those droids, in a very Night of the Living Dead sequence, like we said, are, you know, punching through glass and coming through the floorboards, and Cut prepares to defend his home while he orders Rex to protect his family. And Cut is doing pretty well for a while, but he gets pinned by debris, and Rex has to help defend against the droids. Eventually, by working together, they are able to take out all of the droids, and meanwhile, Obi-Wan and the other troops have found Grievous, who is calling for a pickup. He's getting that Uber. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite their best effort, of course, of course, guess what, John? He manages to escape again. Of course. Again. Um, and the next morning, Rex set out to return to the others and chooses to ignore his duty to report cut. And the episode ends with an amazing shot of Rex riding off into the sunset to return to his own family. I like the I like the end uh, scene. Oh yeah. Of him. Yeah, it was very, it was a very cool. Definitely. Stylized scene. Yeah, and all throughout this episode, we do get <laughs> intercuts of Grievous traveling with a pack of droids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he's uh, a terrible road trip buddy. Yeah, uh, and he is, <clears throat> he's riding a reek, uh, in this, which is a pretty cool. Reek. Um, which the reek is the bull-like alien from the Genosim. Uh, arena. Mm. So, uh, you know what? <coughs> that might be uh, entered into the contest of which Star Wars delicacy we should eat. Uh, I don't know. They feel, they look very blubbery. I don't feel like they'd be good good uh, dinner. I don't know. It's like one of those things. Like, how does camel meat taste? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We've never tried it. Exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah. So, what did you think of this episode, though? I liked it. I think it was. I'm going to go ahead and say it was my favorite episode of this arc. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of predicted that, given yeah. your appeal to clone troopers and such. And, you know, I was really <laughs> I was really excited for you to see this one just because, you know, cut represents a lot of what you um, usually uh, give dialogue to when discussing clones and whatnot and everything, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, we don't really talk very often about what would happen to the clones if the war ended. Mm-hmm. Like, abruptly, the Separatists were all destroyed or raised their white flag and decided, you know what, this isn't worth it. What would happen to the clones? Well, I feel like, first of all, Palpatine would have to be out of the equation. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think one way or the other, they would just stay on as the main military. I mean, it would be, you know, in um, Revenge of the Sith, Padme, Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, 
and several others are working towards appealing the Senate to say, you know, we're actually making the war worse with our fighting, and, you know, that these are Senate members that didn't want an army for the, the Republic in the first place. And so I have to imagine that uh, there would be a bit of debate on whether or not, if the war ended, would they be needed anymore? Yeah. And if the war ended, would we necessarily need to keep using clones? Could we just open draft, you know? Could we just in, uh, <clears throat> open, open the door for anyone who wants to? Yeah. Um, kind of like the Emperor did? The Empire? Uh, yes. Um, you know, uh, it, it. there's a lot of interesting uh, questions. I think one way or another, the clones were always used as a means to an end in the in the view of obviously Palpatine and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, he needed he needed a big army fast and the clones were the easy way to do that, but I don't think he ever intended on keeping them. Mm-mm. Um and logistically yeah. it became more difficult to imagine keeping them on permanently. Yeah. And that's why eventually the Empire just said, you know, let's open Imperial Academies then. Yeah. And the first order was like, Hey, let's steal some babies. I mean, <laughs> the, the Jedi did it. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. No, all right, you know, okay, they didn't steal, Ooh. but, I Dang. mean, there's a lot of the similar acquisition and uh, conditioning. Um, you know, it's it's hard to... Yeah. It, it's a very fine line between what the Jedi did and what the First Order does. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, it comes down to that side's moral status. So, again, you could say that, yeah, the Jedi are doing it for good and they're doing it for evil, but they're both doing it they're you know so yeah um and if you think about it there's a lot of weight that comes with that line from finn when you know he's in the cockpit with poe and he says you know that's the only name they ever gave me right well i mean we're we're seeing what the clones experience you know the clones were the same thing you know they gave themselves name and individuality um but rick still asks for his serial number when he first meets right well and i think he feels almost like, you know, because uh, then Cut Up asks him, and he's like, my name's Rex, I have a name too. You know, he feels like, you know, I have individual, yeah, you know, so there's the interesting debate of, is Rex just saying what he is saying because he actually feels that their purpose is greater than uh, seeking self-interest, or is that just programming, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he thinks that he's being individual by having a yeah. name, Rex, and all this other stuff. Uh, but is he really? You know, and um, we're kind of led to believe that Cut's the right one in that. Uh, first of all, I wonder how he broke programming. Um, I guess maybe because he was one of the earlier yeah. ones, maybe. Uh, it had to do with, I mean, if he was at Geonosis, he was one of the earlier batch. So, I mean, even Commander Cody wasn't at Geonosis. So... I think of it as one of those things, like, take an anglerfish, they live in, like, the deep, deep, deep dark waters, put it in a fish tank. It would have no freaking idea how to react to the situation. Mm-hmm. And it would have no other choice but to adapt. Mm-hmm. I think that's in a very roundabout way to say, you know, I understand where Rex is coming from, because he's never thought about, you know, I could probably be more... I could probably have, you know, a wife and kids someday. But, you know. One, I mean, we don't know. I mean, after, you know, Rebels ends, 
uh, a little while prior to A New Hope. So there's still about five, maybe more years where we aren't sure what happened. Well, you know, we, um, I believe it's been confirmed that we see him in Return of the Jedi as one yeah. of the commandos. Which is amazing. Um, but, you know, did he decide to settle down at any point? You know, whatever. And, and that goes back to my statement before of, like, you know, wanting to know what happened to these Jedi. I, you know, I still want to know yeah. what happened to uh, Rex, what happened to, you know. Yeah, and do you think he ever talked to Leia like, I fought with your dad? Well, and a lot of people wonder, you know, okay, we know Ahsoka's out there after Return of the Jedi. Did she ever uh, connect with Luke? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a there's a chance that she's the one that recruited Cassian Andor. Well, she did, yes, oh. but, I mean, I'm saying um, after after gotcha. Revenge of the Return of the Jedi, because uh, Ahsoka appears after Return of the Jedi, along with Sabine and Hera. Uh, because, I mean, they continue to go on, but we don't know those stories. Hera fought throughout. She was present. She was there on Hoth in Empire. She, you know, but we, she was uh, part of the space battle in Return of the Jedi. But again, we don't see that specifically. And the same thing with, um, oh, gee, uh, Zeb. Mm -hmm. For some reason my brain was not working, but, um, you know, when he rediscovers his species, we don't know exactly what all goes on. You know, there's those elements yeah. that are missing that I, and I'm sure other fans are just craving to know, of, yeah. you know, of, we see blips, so we know they go up to the end of Rebels, and then they appear here, and they appear here, and they appear here, but what what else is in between that? You know, and then what's after that? So, lots of questions, lots of questions. I need more Star Wars in my life now. <laughs> like, you, Well, I'm, you've come to the right place. Yeah, I'm, an ad, I'm one of those people who I'm like, if I'm not interested in it, I'm not going to watch it, I'm not going to read it. I am very interested in to know what, where the heck you got that information, because I need to know. Like, what Hera and the others were doing um uh well it pops up in various uh various things um forces of destiny mm -hmm. um in star wars adventures yeah. uh in the star wars main run comic Hera appears in several uh background panels mm -hmm. um you know she was a leading commander in um the rebel alliance so she was yeah. she stayed with the rebel alliance after you know, because that was the big thing, is yeah. she was the one leading, she was instrumental in joining the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Um, By the way, we got my niece a, uh, Forces of Destiny doll. She loved it. Yep. Yep. She's indoctrinated now. <laughs> we got her Leia, right? Yep, we did. Sick. Alright, so, yeah, I mean, a l little bit of a side trail, but all, all that to say that, I mean, and, uh, even in Chuck Wendig's Aftermath book, which takes place after Return of the Jedi, Cut Luquane is mentioned uh, for being someone who chose to go against his programming, breaking mm -hmm. out a little bit. Uh, and so it's interesting that he's known of uh, mm -hmm. for this. He's known as a clone. I appreciate that people are leaving him alone on his farm with his kids and his wife. Yeah, I mean, so so as far as we know, he led that life until the day he died and was happy about it. So. Yeah. And, you know, supposedly Rex was happy about the family he chose and everything. Yeah. But it's nice to think about if, you know, he did anything afterwards. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. That was a really long ramble. It was, but Sorry. that's what you come <laughs> to this show for. Yeah. On to the next.
Our last episode is Season 2, Episode 11, Lightsaber Lost. The moral of this episode is, easy isn't always simple. Very true. Uh, and, I mean, that's kind of the contrast of light side versus dark side is, you know, dark side is easy, but it's not necessarily right or beneficial or simple. I mean, it, it, it and it's not meant to be, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think in this case, you know, obviously the concept of the episode of retrieving a lost lightsaber should be easy, but it's not as easy as you think. Not on Coruscant, at least. Um, the opening narration for this episode is, War creates opportunity for the criminal underworld. Ruthless mercenaries conspire with separatists to disrupt and exploit the unstable situation within the Republic. Now, Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano descend into the treacherous gangster havens in an effort to find a corrupt and vile arms dealer who is buying weapons on the black market and selling them to the Republic's enemies. Sick. Yeah. Um, so, after a very interesting two-episode arc about uh, chasing Grievous, uh, with not a lot to show for it, but uh, we move to uh, an Ahsoka-focused episode, which is always nice. And uh, this episode joins the episode Bounty Hunters by being based on yet another Akira Kurosawa film. Uh, this time it's based off the film Stray Dog. That's a great spy thriller uh, with a very familiar plot to what we'll kind of talk about in this episode. And uh, Kurosawa had a huge impact on the style of Star Wars back in the day, so it's nice to see his kind of high-caliber films making influence on these episodes as well all these years later. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're interested in more about Akira Kurosawa, just wait until this upcoming week's main show where we're going to talk more about Star Wars inspirations. And Akira Kurosawa is a big influence on the original trilogy and, and whatnot, so get ready for that goodness. Whee! Okay. Uh, the influence is probably why this is such a good episode. It is a real good one. Mm -hmm. um, it starts with some cool Coruscant underworld business as Ahsoka and Anakin head to the lower levels to apprehend a dirty arms dealer. He does not shower. Um, he sells arms and legs too because those are very expensive. <laughs> yes. Um, Anakin leaves Ahsoka outside the bar while he gets the dealer. But when the patrons begin fleeing the bar, Ahsoka realizes that her lightsaber done got got. <laughs> That's <Grammar>. never happened. <laughs> That's never happened to a Jedi before. Mm. Not twice in one film. Um, she doesn't tell Anakin through fear uh, of getting scolded because Anakin has never once lost his lightsaber, John. Never. Sure. Yeah. Um... So, instead, the next day, she secretly heads to the Jedi Archives to get some help in finding who she believes took her lightsaber. And Jagast knew, as usual, isn't very helpful. <laughs> um, but she recommends Ahsoka to massacre Teres Nube for help instead. He seems to have a lot of experience with the underworld dealings. Um, and he manages to find a suspect, and the pair set off to find the fishy fellow. Yes. Uh, Sanube is interesting. Uh, he's fun. He's an old guy Jedi, which is always interesting. Um, it's always interesting to see Jedi that have been around for years mm -hmm. through the peace, peaceful times uh, and how they're kind of getting along here. Um, he's not quite who you'd expect to have experience with the Underworld, but I think that 
you know, when I think of Underworld Jedi, and I think a lot of fans, we think of Quinlan Boss, but I don't think he would have been a good pair for Ahsoka in this episode, so I like that they created Tara Sunobe for this. Yeah. Um, and yet again, seeing uh, a new alien Jedi, it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, his species is Cossian, uh, and really Tara is the only one of the species that we know of. Uh, Bonamu, who is the uh, petroleum thief, uh, that took Ahsoka's lightsaber is technically the second of the species that we've seen if you watch it in release order. But because we're watching chronological order, we won't see the other Petroleum for a little while. Um, that Petroleum uh, works with Cad Bane and is voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Here, though, he's just a really petty thief and he's voiced by James Arnold Taylor. So, In a really, really bad accent. Yeah. It's funny, though. Yeah, it's very funny. Um... Banamu spills the fishy I'm beans. Banamu. You said Banamu? I said Banamu. Shut up. Dormammu, I've come to make a deal. <laughs> I've come to bargain. <laughs> he spills the fishy beans. Disgusting. That uh, he already sold the lobster. The, the lobster? lobster? <laughs> <laughs> I guess this fish- lobster is your life, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> I got- Don't boil it. <laughs> got fish on the brain, what can I say? Um, he already sold the lobster lightsaber to gangster knack movers. Movers? Nope, movers. Yeah, okay. it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's boring like movers. I, I'm so You're used you're second to, guessing everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Uh the Trandoshian gangster is well known, so the Jedi make their way to his lofty home only to find the gangster dead. I will mention real quick, uh he is literally just the same model as um Ron Perlman's Trandoshan character from the episode where they capture R2. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same model. He's <laughs> a little bit greener instead of yellow, but it's it's the exact same character model. Love it. Uh, his girlfriend, Ione Marcy, Good job. pops up and seems frightened. Uh, so Sanube tends to her while Ahsoka investigates. And while doing so, is ambushed by the Torellian Django jumper, Cassie Cryer, mm-hmm. who has her lightsaber. Uh, Ahsoka gets into a long foot chase with Cassie, but eventually loses her. Back at the apartment, Sanube has been questioning Ioni, who takes her first opportunity to escape. Sanube then heads down to pick up Ahsoka, and the Jedi head to the train station, following a tracker that was secretly placed on Ioni. Um, eventually, they find the thieves, and Ioni is captured, but once again, Ahsoka ends up chasing Cassie, who eventually takes a mother and child hostage, um, but is stopped from escaping by Sanube and his rad lightsaber cane. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, I like. I mean, those are that senior citizen goals right there. I know, right? We got my dad uh, one for Christmas this year. Yes, it's not nearly as cool. Uh, and one, his is a little bit different than we we've seen a few different like lightsaber cane styles before. Instead of his being the whole cane is one, and the end is a lightsaber. Yeah. His hilt plugs into the top of the lightsaber. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a sword cane. Yeah, it's like a it's like a sheath for the, the or a scabbard for the saber. My dad also has one of those. Um, despite popular belief, his lightsaber is not white. By the way, it's just a very bright, bright blue. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar blue to uh, Luke's in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. Yeah, I, when I first saw it uh, years ago, I thought I thought he had a white lightsaber, which I thought was really cool. But uh, mm-hmm. it turns out it's just a really bright blue. I like those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, 
The episode ends with Ahsoka being reunited with her saber and Anakin none the wiser. Uh, Sinube asks Ahsoka for a favor in his help and requests the Padawan pass on what she learned. And it ends with uh, Ahsoka interrupting Yoda's class with the younglings. Well, I think, I think that was orchestrated. I, <laughs> I think know. That was orchestrated, but, uh... <laughs> but still. I mean, how often... Like, if if you're going to have a Jedi or a Padawan uh, talk to younglings about losing their lightsaber every time they lose a lightsaber, I have to imagine that comes up quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Um, I mean, I, I guess I see the significance of, you know, passing on. I don't know that Ahsoka did anything wrong necessarily, though. She got it stolen from her. Exactly. Like, she got I, it back. It's not like... Anakin, where he was reckless with it and lost it. Like, she was just standing there and someone pickpocketed her. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's a cute scene. I'm not trying to, to take away from that. Yeah. I just, I just mean, it's like, it, it seems like something you would do when they've learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... <laughs> now, okay, so throughout the episode, yeah. Ahsoka is learning the lesson of being patient. She's very brash and she's very anxious about getting her lightsaber back and that's understandable. But the lesson she's teaching, you know, and, and Yoda is like, oh, do you have a lesson for the Padawans, or for the younglings? And Tara Sanube is like, a lesson in patience. First of all, why are you speaking for Ahsoka? He was talking to Ahsoka. <laughs> Second of all, the lesson she goes on to talk about is not about patience. It's about not losing your lightsaber. Exactly. Like, this <laughs> This weapon is your life. Right. Don't lose it. What uh, else? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's goofy, but... Uh, it is the sentiment of passing on what you've learned is is nice and um, it's a big thing uh, for the Jedi is you know meow <laughs> uh, you know to pass on what you've learned that you know we we uh, our knowledge is not exclusively our own yeah definitely so um, yeah this one's kind of skipped over a lot just because it is a, a filler episode um, but I think it's Number one, because it's based on a Kurosawa film. I think it's great. Um, and it just has a really interesting plot. Uh, introduces a very interesting character. You get some cool little design elements, like uh, the Trillian Django Jumper. She's based off concepts of Sith for uh, the Phantom Menace. Um, you know, and so it it's an episode that you you don't have to watch because it's not pertinent to the greater story of the Clone Wars, but if you don't watch it, I feel like you are missing something, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, it, she has a very interesting design, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Almost like a Raggedy Ann kind yeah. of style. At first when I saw her, I thought that she was like, oh, that's straight up, just concept art Darth Maul. Uh, well, it's very similar. I, I mean, she almost looks like uh, Sally from uh, Nightmare on a, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. She does. Really. Um, it's a very interesting design. It's the f- only Django Jumper, I think, that we see um, fully. Uh, one of the Inquisitors is a J- uh, Django Jumper, but he's, of course, fully armored and clad. Yeah. So we don't really get to see his look. And also, he has a bit different of a... If I'm remembering correctly, his his legs are bipedal, not um, standard, you know, 
humanoid legs. I don't remember. But, uh, it is interesting, definitely. Um, it's a, it's a decent episode, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to, much else to say about it, unless you had anything else to say about it. Uh, not really. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a straightforward, fun episode to watch, um, if you're watching the others, so. But, uh, yeah, so, that be it on our, uh, First Clone Wars rewatch of the new year. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with uh, the Mandalore plot. We'll be begin. We'll be introduced to uh, Obi Wan's Boo, and uh, f- former Boo, I should say. And uh, yeah, we get introduced to the Mandalorians, uh, which is something I'm very excited for. I love the Mandalorians, and so uh, can't imagine why. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's. I think it's going to be a great episode, uh, great few episodes. A lot of political dis- discussion, I foresee, uh, in those episodes. But, um, yeah, and like I said, um, this upcoming Wednesday on our main show, we're going to be talking about the inspirations of Star Wars. I think we're going to particularly focus on the original trilogy, and depending on how the response is to that, we may go beyond that and talk about other things we are going to talk about the influences of the Force, but that is going to be taking place towards the end of February because it's going to coincide with our watching of the Mortis arc, which has a big play on our understanding of the Force and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it, it, depending on how you guys receive our episode about the Star Wars influences, we may be getting into some of the other ones because there's a lot, you know, we've mentioned quite a lot of influences that film and TV have had on the Clone Wars. There's a lot uh, of influences on Rebels and the prequels as well, and even the sequel trilogy. So we can really go a lot of ways with that, um, if you're interested. You can definitely go ahead and let us know. Uh, but after next week's episode, we really encourage you to give us some feedback and let us know if you want to hear more about that subject uh, or what not, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so uh, looking forward to that um, like I said, we're going to be recording the Sunday before, uh, so tomorrow, essentially. Um, so hopefully we won't miss any major news, but if n- we don't get it on the show, we'll definitely talk about it on our Twitter and Facebook, so you should check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Follow us on t- Twitter, like us on Facebook. Um, we try and be pretty active on uh, both platforms. Uh, we mentioned that uh, we have a Patreon-exclusive show up right now. Uh, it's 10 Things We Love About Attack of the Clones. You can head over to our Patreon and check that out. It's in video form, so you actually get to see our faces. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that video's up there now. If you want an idea of what that's like, uh, you can go back a couple weeks to our 10 Things We Love About the Phantom Menace episode. It is three hours long, but it's full of great conversation. Um, and so, yeah, if, you, if you'd like that and you'd like more of that and other good stuff, and if you'd like to support the show, then Patreon is the way to do that, uh, and we would certainly appreciate you for it. Be sure to check out those Amazon links, get you some goodies, and support the show by making a, each purchase. Uh, and I think that's it. I think so. I think that'd be it. All right, well, you guys have a good weekend, rest of it at least, uh, and we'll be back at you on Monday with Monday Motivations and a whole another week of awesome Nerd Herder goodness. Yeah. Alright, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your herd mom, Megan. Stay scruffy, guys, and may the force be with you. Bye!